liberty not to keep our promises to people of lower power so very often, and yet are sure to keep our promises to people of greater power, people who are bigger somebodies than we are. So it was that experience where it reminded me of many other times when I had felt nobodied, felt invisible, that uh, connected those dots all the way back to second grade, where I'd first noticed this phenomenon. So what happened after that phone booth experience? Where did you go from there? Well, I just chalked it up, noticed it. It didn't set me writing this book. That didn't come for 20 years. But uh, it was one more piece in the puzzle. You see, I felt at that moment, at least I imagined I felt at that moment, just like people of color feel when they become invisible, when they are taken for nobodies. I didn't really see a difference between racism and sexism and the abuse of rank in the sense that I think the victims all feel subjectively the same. I think the more general category of victimization here is to be taken as worthless, to have your dignity insulted, whether it is as a black man or as a female or as a gay or as a person with a disability or as an elderly person or as a former college president. It's all the same. Uh, a former general in the army who is suddenly becomes invisible. I think that's... Uh, something we need not do to each other. And when we see that it is the same behavioral dynamic that operates in racism and sexism, we'll think twice about doing it to other people. That's why I've coined the word rankism, to force that parallel into people's consciousness so that they will have a name for both what they sometimes do and for what they often experience on the receiving end uh, of such degradation, of such humiliation and indignities. You mentioned the military reminds me of the story you brought up of the Master Sergeant McKinney, mm -hmm. 1998, uh, and the paradox of that. Tell us that story. Well, you may remember Sergeant McKinney was charged with sexual harassment. Uh, he was a sergeant of the army, which is the highest rank you can attain as uh, an enlisted man. It's a non-commissioned officer. Yes. yes. And he was apparently uh, selecting subordinates, women, and demanding sexual favors from them. Standard sexual harassment. And someone finally turned him in, and he was brought to uh, trial over this. And he came up with the most brilliant defense. Uh, he said, I'm doing nothing different than the generals are doing. The generals are picking on women subordinate to them. And uh, the only reason that I'm being picked on is that my rank is lower than the generals. So he defended an accusation of rankism by accusing his accusers of rankism. And he more or less got off. I mean, he got tapped on the wrist or something, 
but uh, and charged with some sexual misconduct. But it was kind of swept under the rug, and he, however, did leave the army. And you'll notice that when this same kind of situation arose at the Air Force Academy last month, all four top administrators were sacked within weeks. That was the spring of 2003. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah, and I remember the tailhook scandal in the Navy yeah. in Las Vegas. Very similar. But but there it was, uh, that was almost 10 years ago, wasn't it? And yes. it was just the beginnings of awareness of this kind of rankism, the, the kind we have a name for, namely sexual harassment. But what it really is, is just instead of extorting money, you're extorting sex from people who have less power than you do and dare not protest. I want to get to the, the, the rank does matter. It's not the issue of rank itself. Yeah, very important. Why does rank matter? Rank matters because the general actually probably does know more about managing an army than the private. He certainly.